Local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds here with you on this Wednesday, January 31st. 2024, 5.06 p.m. on the Eastern Time Zone. Thank you all to all of you for joining us here on WSIC News Talk Radio. You just heard Town Talk hosted by Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce President Bill Russell every Wednesday here at 4 p.m. on WSIC News Talk. He was talking about the Chamber a lot today, and he had the A-team in the studio with him. Leslie Reed, Stacy Bright, and Casey Broom were talking all things chamber in our studios in Cornelius, North Carolina. If there was a question as to whether a small business wanted to be part of the Chamber of Commerce, I highly recommend going to the WSIC News Talk social media and that video replay and audio and video are up on there right now. It's uh, broadcast live, but you can go back there and watch it on demand. I highly recommend that. Town Talk with Bill Russell every Wednesday here at 4 p.m. on WSIC News Talk. Before we get into our top five at five, producer Joe, do we have a caller on the line already? We do. Go ahead, caller. Would this be Yolanda with iCats? Hey, this is Yolanda with iCats. Good evening on this wonderful Wednesday. How are you guys doing, Patrick? We are doing well, Yolanda. And our listeners, I'm sure, got their fingers crossed for good news on the traffic report as they're heading home tonight. Uh-oh. Oh, I wish I was the bearer of good news this Ooh. evening. Lay it on us. Southbound on 77, we have two broke-down tractor-trailers blocking the right lane, so traffic is getting by on one lane over there. And, of course, we have the wonderful backup on both bridges on Lake, over Lake Norman. Mm. We also, we also, what? I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. We we have uh, some congestion over on the exit coming by um, Huntersville and Concord. Okay. Going southbound as well. And then coming back northbound, we have, of course, the, uh, the congestion over there by uh, 485 inner and, south, inner and outer. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we have nothing else. What, what, can, what, what else can I do for you, Patrick? <laughs> that, where that tractor trailer is broke down on 77 South, do you have an exit or a mile marker for us? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I meant to say that was at exit 31. Okay, exit 31. That would be the Langtree exit uh, heading southbound of Mooresville. Yeah. That is plenty for a Wednesday afternoon. Could be worse, but it definitely could be better. Uh, how are you? We wish you a safe commute uh, yourself. How are you looking for a commute? I am southbound. I'm doing pretty good. I'm always in the hammer lane, so um, I'm, I'm glad that I'm never caught up in that traffic, but yeah, southbound is, is looking pretty good so far, just just uh, where, I, where I am anyway. Okay, Yolanda, thank you so much for the update, and our audience appreciates it too. You have safe travels on your way home. That is your ICATS traffic report. Okay. Have a good evening. Thanks, Yolanda. Yolanda with iCats checking in with us here at WSIC News Talk, recapping what she had on 77 southbound. We have uh, two tractor-trailer trucks broke down near exit 31, blocking the right lane. 
The causeways over the lake, naturally, have some congestion. Uh, Exit 25, where you head to uh, Highway 73 for Huntersville and Concord, and also near 485 in or out of loops in 77. A little congestion there as well. So stay vigilant. Keep your eyes and ears open on this hump day as you're heading home on 510 p.m. Thanks so much, Yolanda, with iCats. Back to the news, our top five at five stories that we are following tonight. A woman was struck and killed on I-85. A lake community had a Lingbaya algae meeting last night. More new business is coming to Statesville. The Aradell County Sports Hall of Fame is accepting nominations. And a former Charlotte mayor received a national award. And during the program tonight, we will have a special guest on the phone, the hotline calling in in a little bit. Iredell County Sheriff's Office Captain Matt Burleson will join us. You just heard Matt shortly ago on The Good, The Bad, and The Guilty, airing every Wednesday at 3 p.m. right here on WSIC News Talk. Also, our ticket giveaway continues on here. My, we got a busy show tonight. <laughs> the, the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show is coming up February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We're going to be giving away four tickets, a winning four-pack, as we do each day here on the News Drive at 5 in about 35 minutes. That will occur after our final commercial break at 545. We're going to jump on the opposite side of that. We will open up the phone lines for the ticket giveaway. And there we have a special guest at the show, uh, Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm will be appearing Friday, February 23rd, and Saturday, February 24th, the Charlotte Home in Remodeling Show, Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. 844-STUDIO-4 gets you into the studio with Joe and myself. That's 844-788-3464. One more time, 844-788-3464. Here to get you into the News Drive at 5. We'll also use that phone number for the winning ticket four-pack. Our top story tonight, a woman who the North Carolina State Highway Patrol appeared to be laying in the road on I-85 northbound died after being struck by a vehicle just before midnight on Monday. The department said an initial investigation of the crash, which occurred near exit 34 Freedom Drive in Charlotte, placed the victim in the middle lane at the time of impact and that it was believed she was lying in the roadway. No vehicle or vehicles remained on the scene after the collision occurred, and the deceased has not yet been identified. The department said the collision is still under further investigation. Funding for the battle against Lingbaya must be in place by April 1st to stem the fast-rising tide of noxious blue-green algae in Lake Norman, local officials and concerned citizens say. From 2022 to 2023, Lingbaya doubled in Lake Norman with dense mats, sometimes called sludge, very evident in coves around Cornelius and more on the south side of the peninsula. The issue is serious enough for North Carolina Speaker of the House Tim Moore to attend a community meeting last night that drew about 200 people to the Peninsula Club, including Mayor Pro Tem Scott Higgins, Lake Norman Marine Commissioner member Rick Howard, former North Carolina Senator Jeff Tart and Mayor Woody Washam. 
Meeting organizers Bob Menzel and Bob Watson said the cost to chemically address the problem now is only about $60,000, but the price tag will soar because of the bloom appears to double every summer. Treatment must occur in the spring tr- prior to the bloom. There's already about $15,000 pledged. In addition, in addition to ruining the aesthetics of the lake experience, Lingbaya can produce toxins that cause rashes. Dogs should not touch it, according to the Lake Norman Marine Commission. It can also affect drinking water if it invades Charlotte water intake areas. The lake is the primary source of drinking water for many lake communities. State funding was nearly in, pr- in place. It was approved by the North Carolina House last year, but didn't make it through the Senate by the time the legislature closed the session October 25th. Speaker Moore, who is running for the newly configured 14th Congressional District, said he expects the North Carolina Senate to improve funding soon after the session starts this spring, after the effective period during which the dormant lingbia can be treated. Long-term treatment beyond this quick fix in April is expected over the course of four years. That's your lead stories. News Drive at 5 rolls on. Patrick Reynolds taking you home. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 with Patrick Reynolds here taking you home on this Wednesday, January the 31st, 2024, 5.18 p.m. on the East Coast. We had planned to talk to Captain Matt from the Iredell County Sheriff's Office this segment. We've been unable to reach him on the phone, so we will continue to reach out to Captain Matt. I got producer Joe hard at work on that. I uh, would love to talk to him before the show is out. He's got some different, you know, very significant points of view of the community. And also he hosted the good, the bad, and the guilty earlier this afternoon here on WSIC News Talk. Every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, good, good, bad, and guilty. Basically focused on the Iredell County Sheriff's Office and keeps the community in touch with the sheriff's office. We talked about our ticket giveaway coming up in about 30 minutes, maybe less than 30 minutes. I'm holding up the winning four-pack right there to the camera in our video streams if you're watching us on the social media platforms. The Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23, 4, and 5 at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. And as we... Flip the ticket over. There's some pretty good news there. Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series Southern Charm will be at the show Friday, February 23rd and Saturday, February 24th. So if you would like to win tickets to the show, see Craig Conover. He'll be there. Uh, 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464. We'll get you the winning four-pack of tickets. And it sounds like we may have Captain Matt on the line. Hello, Matt. How are you? Oh, hello, sir. Good to hear from you. Sorry, I'm just making it out to my to my mobile office here, leaving leaving my office at the building, going out to my mobile office. <laughs> well, whatever works best for you, we are thrilled to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending a few time with us. A little bit of time here on the News Drive at 5. Earlier today on The Good, Bad, and The Guilty, uh, you spoke to the community about a new scam that is going around our audience. Can you can you let News Drive at 5 listeners know what's going on and what should they watch out for? Yes, sir. Well, uh, you know, we always want to make sure that folks pay attention to what they're hearing 
if it just doesn't sound right, if it just doesn't look right, see something, say something. You know, the uh, Sheriff Campbell talks about having the out. You can reach us that way by email, telephone, however you got to ask us this question. But but I'm asking you, Patrick, if, if you get a message on your computer that says you've caught a virus, call this number. All right? We know those pop-ups are scams. We've been hearing about the pop-ups, you know, so calling that number is your first uh, uh, mistake. The number you should call is our office uh, or, or, you know, 911 even because mm. you've got – a criminal fact that's going on. So that was the situation. The phone call was made, uh, and, and it and it led to different levels. Uh, w- one particular person that was called, uh, the, this scammer talked to the woman. He was an FBI agent. Uh, he, he had given a fake name as an FBI agent. Uh, he said because her computer was corrupted, her bank accounts mm-hmm. were corrupted. And, you know, that th- th- she needed to get the money out of the bank, have the bank for, uh, uh, because the FBI was coming to get the money. I mean, it, when when these lies get told and this scam goes on and on, you know, we've talked several times about call us. And she did the right thing. She did call us. Uh, we were there when this bad guy showed up to get the money uh, that, the, the, you know, he, he didn't have his FBI badge on him. So uh, <laughs> we took him into custody. He, he had uh, he had some some drugs on him as well as uh uh, some some other money. Maybe there was another per- possible resident that was scammed, but he was uh, out of Georgia, and uh, we put it in our press release. It was uh, Mr. Ben Zhu uh, was his name. So, yep, out of Georgia. So, sixty uh, two year old, Sandy Springs, Georgia. Well, he so he showed up at this uh, woman's residence in person to collect the money. That was after two or three Mr. Duper phone calls were made. So there were other. This this was a little more elaborate as far as different people were contacted. Uh, this this woman and she was instructed to call this person. Hmm. She was instructed to go, uh, you know, to, to take these next steps. And uh, so that was, I guess, it was trying to build trust. But she knew the right thing was to call us. And and you know we've got we've got the names of some of these other actors and hoping hmm. to be able to to get more information on those. Well, they clearly yeah, the the FBI, the, the law enforcement agency is not going to take, you know, need you to pay us. I know uh, during the Good, the Bad, and the Guilty show, Patrick, you mentioned about the uh, missing courts and yes. having a bench warrant, or you missed jury duty. Uh, if you listen to the Good and the Bad, and the Guilty show today, uh, Sheriff Campbell wasn't able to be on it, but he sent uh, Captain Eric Seen with the detention center and Sergeant. Cherie Jernigan, which is uh, the sergeant in our bailiff division, mm-hmm. and that was uh, that was something you know. Uh, these bailiffs, they're, they're not calling you for your money. Um, you know, if we're if there's a situation where you've missed uh, some type of court date, uh, you'll be contacted personally. But money's not going to get you out of it. Gift cards, uh, scratch off cards that you go get at the at the stores, those are not going to get you out of that situation. And uh, and we're not going to be the ones calling to try to get that from you. So the sheriff's office, it, let's be clear to our audience, they're not collecting money. They're not taking money for any violations like that over the phone. So our audience, please don't fall for that type of thing. Is there, uh, not the 911 number, a number that you have or a line that you have dedicated to this program, or folks can just call in at any any police office number? Well, if you call our, our non-emergency number, it's uh, 704-878-3180. Uh, that number will, will get someone. 
at the office here anytime. It'll roll over to our communications agency, uh, which is the 878-3100 number, and that's our dispatch. But uh, we can answer questions. We have a civil division that's, uh, that's in the office uh, throughout the day. Uh, they get a lot. I wouldn't say a lot, but they get several of these fraud questions uh, where if, if something just doesn't right or look right, they're able to call us, and we're able to kind of, you know, uh, head that off before it gets out of hand. That's uh, our economic crime division. Sheriff Campbell's grown that to several several extra people now because uh, just the, you know, more opportunities that these people have to scam folks, the more times they're trying. Mm-hmm. I ran a story past you earlier today, but it was a little outside the jurisdiction of the Iredell County Sheriff's Office. But you did describe to me something interesting about uh, jail versus prison and, and how you arrest people hold them, trial, prison. Can you give an outline to our audience when you make an arrest from in the sheriff's office? What is the path of people? Because I, I use jail and prison somewhat interchangeably in vocabulary, but they're really not. It's, they're different steps along the justice system path. Uh, precisely. Uh, jail is, is pre-trial, awaiting trial, awaiting sentencing, awaiting uh, being sent to a prison. Whenever you are guilty, uh, found guilty, adjudicated, and, and given your sentence, uh, those that are like a year or more, uh, those are going to the state prisons. Those are being transported uh, to those places to serve out their years of, of whatever their sentence may be. Uh, here at jail, uh, we're, we're operating differently. And, uh, I mean, it's a constitutional mandate from the sheriff. We're to make, make sure we operate these, these county courtrooms uh, as well as hold these inmates, these county folks, until they they go out, and uh, you know we're we're awaiting trial. What they're, they're they are waiting for that trial to be able to go, uh, and and they're they they do see a magistrate first. Mm-hmm. I think if you listen to our show, you hear about uh, uh, the magistrate will set the conditions of release. If there's no bond, if there's a, a, a first appearance opportunity for uh, felonious cases. The judge has to meet with them first. They have to give them their uh, conditions of release or, or details surrounding that. So they have that opportunity, uh, depending on the situation. Maybe they go home before the trial. Maybe they stay in our facility before the trial. But they've not been convicted yet. That's uh, They're still awaiting that sentence, that trial. Mm-hmm. And I found another news story related to police work. I uh, apologize in advance for surprising this one on you, but it's not a, a gotcha type of a question either. Is I read about a, uh, a force multiplier that the Davidson Police defor- Force has uh, put into play. I was going to get to that story later in my broadcast, but it looks like they're uh, almost deputizing some citizens or whatnot, a-, a licensed clinical social worker to help evaluate and identify some cases. Does the Iredell Sh- County Sheriff's Office have anything in place that resembled what's happening in, in Davidson? Uh, well, I can't really speak to that because I'm not familiar with-, with that program or how that would work. Okay. Um I mean, uh, yeah, I really, I'm sorry. That would that's be okay. something that, uh, that'd be a 
Yep, that'd be a little more in-depth question. I'd have to do do a little looking before I answer <laughs> that. I'm not sure. No problem at all. I thought I'd, I'd run it past you anyway. Uh, it's something I came across after you left the studio earlier today, something Davidson's doing right now. I'm going to do a little bit more research into that myself okay. and find out and uh, yep. you know talk about it with our audience. But uh, Captain Matt, I appreciate so much you finding a little yes, extra sir. time for our audience here at WSIC News Talk. Wednesdays, 3 o'clock, good, that, bad, and the guilty. Hopefully Captain Matt is on there. You do a great job for us. So thank you so much, sir. Appreciate uh, the time talking to you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Patrick. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Captain Matt Burleson, everybody. One of the co-hosts of The Good, The Bad, and The Guilty, and more important, a uh, good member of the Iredell County Sheriff's Office, uh, looking out for the community and keeping us safe. We are less than 20 minutes away from our four-pack of ticket giveaway at the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show for February 23, 4, and 5. going to give those away shortly. Time for another story here in Statesville. The Van Dorp Corporation has agreed to purchase the plastics injection molding assets of RPM Plastics on Speedball Road in Statesville. The Richmond, Indiana-based manufacturer plans to expand its operations at the new location. So we got another new business coming to Statesville. After the break, we're going to come talk about another new business, update you on a new company coming to Mooresville. We talked about this last week. Going to give you an update. What's the latest in Mooresville new business? News Drive at 5 rolls on. We'll talk to you right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds alongside you here. Be safe on your ride home on this Wednesday, January 31st, 2024 at 5.35 p.m. on the East Coast. I hold in my hand the four-pack of winning tickets for someone, some lucky winner, in less than 15 minutes from now. The Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show will have uh, a guest, one of our listeners, February 23, 4, 5 at the Park Expo and Conference Center. Craig Conover from Bravo's hit series Southern Charm will be appearing at the show on the 23rd and the 24th. We're going to open up the phone lines in about 10 minutes, and we'll take a winner and caller send you to the home show. Back to your top five at five at News Drive at five headlines tonight and an update from Den Incorporated coming to Mooresville which we talked about last week with our in-studio guest, Iredell County Commissioner Melissa Nieder. The town board is set to hold a public hearing at its Monday, February 5th meeting, followed by a board vote on a local tax incentive measure that would provide up to almost $1,934,000 in performance-based property tax rebates over seven years for the DEN project, which was referenced in earlier town discussions as, quote, Project Zeus. The Iredell County Board of Commissioners is set to consider a similar package during its Tuesday, February 6th meeting. Jen Bosser, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Iredell County Economic Development Corporation, said while it's standard procedure for the state agency to announce its decisions prior to the approval of local incentives, state incentives are contingent on the local incentives being approved. So she continued on, if the town and county do not formally approve the incentives, the company would not have the local participation needed for the state to follow through and award the grants to the local providers. The local approvals still matter in this case. So these town board meetings coming up and the county board meetings are quite crucial to the company. 
The tax incentive approvals, barring unexpected events, are expected, and local officials, including Morrisville's Mayor Chris Carney, Aradel County Board Chair Melissa Nieder, and Bosser have already participated in informal ceremonies welcoming the company with Mooresville, North Carolina's General Assembly members. Senator Vicki Sawyer and Representative Gray Mills have also issued welcoming statements. DEN specializes in lighting and surge protection innovation and holding more than 1,100 patents. They state intentions to establish the Mooresville facility in phases. The company's initial local home will be the 30,000-square-foot leased space inside the Marino Mill Complex on South Main Street. The company has not finalized a decision on a permanent site for their Mooresville operation, but Bosser said plans for the construction of an initial phase facility of up to 70,000 square feet by December of 2026 and a full build-out to 200,000 square feet by December of 2030. While wages at the Mooresville Den facility will vary depending on position, Average salary for the new jobs will be over $66,000. That's almost $2,500 above the current average annual wage in Iredell County. Nominations are now being accepted for prospective inductees to the Class of 2024 for the Iredell County Sports Hall of Fame. The ninth class will be inducted at the annual banquet on May 20th, 2024. Nomination forms as well as a detailed explanation for the criteria for a candidate are available at IRLSportsHallOfFame.org. Up to five inductees will be selected to the class of 24, as well as a selection for a community service inductee. That's an individual who has made substantial contributions to sports in Iredell County, but not necessarily as an athlete or a coach. And the city of Statesville is conducting a canned food drive throughout February. Organizers hope to collect canned food items to support local food pantries and help those in need within the community. City staff have established convenient drop-off locations, making it easy for residents to participate in the effort. Among the drop-off areas are the Statesville Civic Center, the Statesville Fitness and Activity Center, the Statesville Police Department, and four fire stations. Residents are encouraged to drop off non-perishable canned food items at any of these locations during February. Every contribution, no matter how small, can make a significant difference in the lives of individuals and families who rely on local food pantries. The city of Statesville is committed to giving back to the community and fostering a spirit of generosity and support among its residents. All collected donations will be distributed to local food pantries, ensuring that the food reaches those who need it most within the Statesville community. Also in Ardell County, starting a food business requires knowing which organization requires the type of business you want to start. The process can quickly get complicated when more than one organization is involved. North Carolina Cooperative Extension is offering the starting a North Carolina food business on Thursday, February 29th from 1 to 5 p.m. The workshop is offered at no cost to participants and designed for entrepreneurs interested in starting a food business in North Carolina. Local and state partners from North Carolina Cooperative Extension, North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, and North Carolina Environmental Health will discuss food processing and regulations related to selling food products. 
Information about home food processing, kitchen inspections, acidic foods, and value-added foods will be presented. Said Andrea Sherrill from Iredell County, quote, know-how related to food processing and regulations are essential to starting a food business in North Carolina. This workshop offers a variety of extension experts and resources to help individuals plan for starting a food business. The workshop will be offered at the Iredell County Center, which is on Bristol Drive in Statesville. There is no cost to participants, but online registration is required by February 22nd. For more information, contact Andrea Sherrill with the North Carolina Cooperative Extension. In Statesville, the Downtown Development Cooperation is accepting applications from artists who wish to apply to be considered for participation in the Springcraft Art Crawl. The Art Crawl is set for Saturday, March 23rd from 2 to 6 p.m. in downtown Statesville. The event is a celebration of artistic expression, community engagement, and the thriving vitality of the downtown district. This biannual event showcases the incredible talents of local artists as, it, as attendees explore the diverse array of artworks displayed inside local businesses. They are encouraged to shop, fostering a connection between the creative spirit of the community and the heart of commerce. The artist deadline for application submission is Friday, March the 1st. All artists, even if they are a past participant, must submit three images of their work along with the application and specify the medium used. All work must be original crafted fine art created by the applicant. Artist fee for this event is $20. Artists are responsible for all items required to display artwork in their assigned location. To complete the application and pay for the artist fee, just go to downtownstatesville.com. In a world facing, quote, a difficult moment of leadership, Anthony Fox, who's a Davidson College, class of 1993, also a former Charlotte mayor and U.S. Transportation Secretary, who has worked to improve communities locally and nationally, received a top reward for just that. Fox returned to the Davidson College audience last week to accept the National Omicron Delta Capital Society's highest individual honor. ODK, which is an academic honor society, issues the Laurel Crowned Circle Award to recognize prominent leaders for integrity, scholarship, character, service, and fellowship. Past recipients include former cabinet members such as U.S. Defense Secretary Robert Gates and Health and Human Services Secretary Donna Shalala, as well as top business, education, and media luminaries, including the late national public radio and television journalist Cokie Roberts. Leadership has been a constant theme in Fox's life, and this award continues that legacy forward. The News Drive at 5 continues on for this Wednesday, January 31st. Ticket giveaway right after the break. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds in your earbuds on this Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, 548 p.m. East Coast time. And let's give away some tickets. I've got a four pack right here for the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Four tickets, get your ride in February 23rd, 24th, and 25th 
at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Their featured guest, Craig Conover of Bravo's hit series, Southern Charm. He will be on hand Friday, February 23rd and Saturday, February 24th. 844-STUDIO-4. It's 844-788-3464. If you are watching on the video feed on the WSIC News Talk social channels, I'm holding up the tickets right there, right now. There's your four-pack. There's your winners right there. These are your lucky tickets. 844-788-3464. Craig Conover on hand for two of the three days. Bravo's hit series, Southern Charm. 844-STUDIO-4, about anything that is on your mind as well, if you want to just call in and say hey on this Wednesday afternoon. In more headlines tonight, coming out of Raleigh, uh, the Judicial Voters Guide for the 2024 primary election is now available online at the State Board of Elections website. ncsbe.gov is the website address. Judicial Voter Guide. Now, the guide contains information about candidates for North Carolina's appellate courts, the North Carolina Supreme Court, and North Carolina Court of Appeals, who have primary contests all in 2024. Candidates for offices are elected statewide. Candidates for other judicial offices are not elected statewide and are not included in the guide. Primary election day is March the 5th. We've talked about that with several political candidates that have been through the studios here. Big primary day, March the 5th. Put that on your calendars. That is important. The Judicial Voter Guide for the 2024 primary election is available online only. So if you're looking for this in hard copy, you'd be tough-pressed to find it. The Judicial Voter Guide for the 2024 general election will be mailed to all North Carolina households later this year. It will also be available online. So the primary election guide, only online. General election later this year, yes, you can have a hard copy of it. You know, in the primary coming up in a few weeks, there are two contested court contests. A Democratic primary for North Carolina Supreme Court Associate Justice Seat 6 and a Republican primary for North Carolina Court of Appeals Judge Seat 15. Absentee by mail voting for the 2024 primary has begun. In-person early voting period runs from February 15th through March the 2nd. To vote in a party primary, you must be registered with that political party or be an unaffiliated voter and choose the ballot of candidates for that party. The North Carolina Supreme Court is the state's highest court. One chief justice and six associate justices review cases from the North Carolina Court of Appeals, the North Carolina Business Court, and cases in which the death penalty has been imposed. The North Carolina Court of Appeals reviews cases first decided in district and superior courts, as well as appeals from administrative agencies. There are a total of 15 judges on the Court of Appeals, and appeals are decided by rotating panels of three judges who consider errors in legal procedures or in judicial interpretation of the law. More news out of Raleigh. The North Carolina seasonally adjusted December 2023 unemployment rate was 3.5%, which was unchanged from November's rate. The national rate remained unchanged at 3.7%. North Carolina's unemployment rate decreased 0.3 tenths of a percentage point from one year ago. 
The number of people employed decreased by about 1,600 over the month to just over 5 million and increased 131,000 over the total of the year. The number of people unemployed increased 3,000 over the month to 185,000, which decreased 12,000 over the course of the year. Now, seasonally adjusted total non-farm employment, as gathered through the monthly establishment survey, increased in December. In Davidson, it has been nine months since a new program was implemented as a grant-funded pilot experience. The Davidson Police Department's co-responder program has compiled results indicating success in providing services to town residents, de-escalating situations, and enhancing efficiency for law enforcement officers. At the town board's meeting, Davidson Police Chief Kim Davidson delivered an update on community co-responder activity since it was initiated in May. The co-responder approach, described as an accompanying slide presentation she showed as well by Chief Davidson as a force multiplier for uh, the department, involves in some call-for-service situations the participation of a licensed clinical social worker to help evaluate and ideally help those involved obtain personal feedback and or access to various services on a path that does not lead to incarceration or hospitalization. The roots of the program stem from the fact that in many situations involving behavioral issues, individual and family crises or mental health issues, when emergency calls are being made resulting in police officer response, Options for actions by law enforcement personnel are limited, yet often require an officer to remain on the scene for an extended period of time. In addition to helping diffuse many of these types of cases that the uh, report labeled as situational crisis scenarios, it accounted for about 25% of the co-responder calls in Davidson. The co-responder also spends time with those involved, conducts follow-up conversations, and helps coordinate access to services provided by other agencies. In many circumstances, the co-responder's presence and service greatly reduces the demands on law enforcement officers. Saying the co-responder's program bridges the gap, gap excuse me, after a 911 response, Chief Davidson praised the program as a great success and one of the bright spots we have created in the last year. Funded with a $252,000 American Rescue Plan Act grant distributed through the county, the first year of Davidson's program is expected to cost only $164,000. The ongoing evaluation is part of the process of determining if it will remain a part of the town's law enforcement operations. So that was the police story that I wanted to run past uh, Captain Matt earlier in the show. Um, he wasn't aware of that, and I need to dig a little further into it. I knew it was a story. It was kind of like a late addition to the news drive at 5. So it wasn't really an ambush on Matt. I wasn't looking to do that to him. But I want to know if he had heard of anything about that just from the headline and see if the Iredell County Sheriff's Office had anything like that. Now that I know a little bit more about that, which we actually researched and read about during the show, uh, definitely want to talk to Captain Matt again or anybody from the Iredell County Sheriff's Office, see if they, need, they have any kind of program like that in Iredell County. 
because it looks like this one in Davidson has certainly been a success. We are approaching the top of the hour. We've talked about some other shows here on WSIC News Talk. And as always, that follows the news drive at 5. At the top of the hour is the scoreboard, hosted by my audio producer as well, Mr. Joe Berg, running the sound for the news drive at 5 and ready to kick off the scoreboard at the top of the hour. How are you tonight, Uh, Joseph? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Just fine. That's it. Just fine. Just fine. Just fine. fine. Can't complain. You, well, you can. I would listen. <laughs> What's coming up for the for everybody on the scoreboard tonight? What do you well, got going on? Well, we had quite a bit of high school basketball going on last mm-hmm. night, so we will update the records, the games, the standings. We're getting close to the end of the season. Playoffs are right around the corner, uh, so we are making a final playoff push for most of these schools. Yeah, I remember that. This time of year, uh, had like a. I don't know if schools still have it, but I think I had like a. February break. It was around President's Day. It's probably just a long weekend now, but I remember like high school playoffs uh, growing up. That was a time. Is yeah, that end a tra- of February? A traditional time frame when the high school sports have February playoffs? I'd say, yeah, the, for, for the basketball at least, yes. Okay. Well, focus of the show tonight on the local aspect. We're all over the place today. Okay. We got The Clash coming up. We have a new series for NASCAR on Netflix. Yes. That is going to be yeah. an interesting one. Came out yesterday. Okay. I didn't have a chance to see the first episode yet. I know, terrible reporting, but, <laughs> you know, to sit down and watch an hour-long episode of something, you have to have an hour of time to kill, so... You're a little busy. You would have you would have used the hour if I wasn't. You were producing my show. Exactly. I would have used that this hour right here to watch the NASCAR Netflix. Series. So you can blame me. So, <laughs> and I thought we we had a little uh, a very good dissection of the Clash last night. Yeah, you called on, in on the on the scoreboard. So those of you, as I referred to everybody on the the good, the bad, and the guilty. And uh, Town Talk with Bill Russell, I'll send you to the scoreboard with Joe Berg. If the audience doesn't know, on the WSIC social media, there's the video feed from all these shows. And so if you miss something and want to watch the show like a TV program, it's not a TV program. It's a radio show, but I want to talk. It's the video aspect of a radio show is what you're getting. You're not getting a TV program. Absolutely. But you go check out the scoreboard. Yeah, last check night. me out. Yesterday was a good show. Today should be just, just as good. Uh, quite a bit to go on. Updating an NHL story where uh, some players... Maybe having their contracts terminated in their near future. Mm. Uh, So interesting things going on. We're going to cover it tonight. Clearly, nobody should miss the scoreboard with Joe Berg. Don't miss it. 6 p.m. weeknights, Monday through Friday, here on WSIC News Talk. Producer Joe, thank you so much for your good work on the News Drive at 5. News Drive at 5 will roll on tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here weekdays, 5 o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Good night.